Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro. No mask, no metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. So, a lot of homeless uh, problems and stories that are getting national attention all across the nation. So a lot of different areas of the country are dealing with this problem right now. Definitely most acute. Worst on the West Coast where... City after city up and down the coast is just inundated with bums and junkies and more and more are showing up every day. Bumping around Washington, D.C. for several days. How many homeless people did you see? How how common was it there? Oh, you know, it doesn't really. St- oh, you know, a handful, pretty good handful. Typical through the years, big city collection of beggars. And there's so many tourists in D.C. that uh, there are a fair number of beggars there. Um, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the a West handful. Coast. If you're if you're in San Francisco or Los Angeles, you'd have a you'd have a handful at the one coffee shop you're you're at. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's it's pretty typical the way it's always been. Um, you know, through the years, it's not exploding like it is on the West Coast. Speaking of which, you may have seen or heard or read about Steve Sylvester last week. He's an antique shop owner in the capital city of California, Sacramento, and had a mostly naked guy bust into his, his business the other day and 
cause a fracas and Steve got interviewed. You know, honestly, I think it mostly got attention because the dude was mostly naked and that's kind of the hook for the dumb, dumb media. <laughs> oh, really? You think that's why I got attention? Oh, that's a big part of it. Really interesting. Yeah. That's, that's at sad. least part of it. It also comes in the wake of uh, Liz Novak, who we talked to, who is a, uh, a shop owner in the same area, who said she's closing up a business and moving it because of uh, the incursion of bums and junkies. Uh, Steve Sylvester joins us now to talk about the situation in his part of the world and, uh, you know, what he thinks is causing it as a guy who observes it every day. Steve, how are you, sir? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. We appreciate you taking the time. Um, I assume you're taking the time because you care about the neighborhood where you live and work. I'm in the center of Sacramento. Um, There's a big freeway that cuts through it called the WX Freeway. And underneath each of the roads, there there is Camp City. Right, and it's, I assume, a hell of a lot of junkies there. There is. Um, the problem is there's four types of homeless, and there's the people who are genuinely homeless, and I think the city should spend every penny on getting them rehoused. Then we have a lot of mentally ill around here. We call them the monster shouters, but they're like the Stephen King novel. There's a couple that we know who actually want to be on the streets. They don't want to be part of society. They love the the nomad life. But the biggest problem for our area, and that's happened in the last year, is it's all drug-related. It's street drugs. How do you know that? Because the crowd that are hanging around now are much younger, and what happens is that they'll suddenly become absolutely crazy. And, and that's because they've just taken something that's nice and cheap and cheerful. And then they go around, um, usually causing chaos in the local area. And do you think, uh, I know you've said in the past that there's been an increase in the number of people uh, menacing your business and making it tough to do business and the rest of it. Uh, what's your sense of why it's increasing so quickly? Um, a couple of reasons, really. I mean, we've got... I think it's 5,600 homeless in Sacramento, and that apparently, according to the rules, is a 19% increase over the last couple of years. There's there's two things that are happening that's making Sacramento a little busier with the homeless population. One is what they call greyhound therapy. Um, The local newspaper reported that uh, in Nevada, they actually give one-way tickets to get out of the state and come to Sacramento because it's a much better place to get benefits. And then another um, piece of news that I found out was that um, a hospital, a mental hospital in Vegas, over a five-year period, bust out 1,500 people out of Nevada, of which a third came to California. And that's what we have a lot around in this area. Wow, that is something. Yeah, that's amazing. Steve Sylvester is a Sacramento business owner. He was on the news uh, last week when a uh, um, drugged-up maniac smashed a bunch of stuff in his antique shop. Uh, so you're either a city or a state that spends your money on shipping homeless out, or you're a city or a state that spends money on attracting homeless. More or less. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, how often do you have to, say, clean up in front of your store uh, human waste and that sort of thing? Well, it's Tuesday morning, and as would have it, it was a fairly clean day today, so I could open the front door without a problem. But it can be um, a needle sitting outside, which you have to go and pick up. 
Um, and that's not too bad, I hate to say. The worst thing is, is the human waste. And, and that is, really is the waste, the worst part of the day. How often does that actually happen, where you got human poop on the sidewalk or wherever you got to deal with? Um, probably about four times a week. Oh, but I've noticed it's cut. Yeah, I know it's it's cut down a little bit because we used to have uh, a mentally ill homeless guy, and he used to drag around these two waste bin containers, and he had this thing that he had to poop on top of a car. Oh boy! So we would have a. Yeah, that is, that's a thing. That's an interesting thing. Like the hood yeah. or the top of the car? He would he would squat on the top of the car and then do his business down the windshield. And then, of course, in the hot Sacramento weather, when you go there <sighs> at 7 o'clock at night to pick your car up, it's the last thing you want to do. Well, you're going to have to get that detailed. Yeah, that is literally the last thing I yeah. want to do. Uh, so, Steve, would you, uh, when you appeal to the police for help with this sort of thing, um, what happens? What are you told? Well, here's the problem is that the police are in their own set of handcuffs because there really is nothing that they can do. Their hands are tied. I mean, if someone on the street does something that's technically illegal, like vandalism, when we had our shop windows broken, um, then they can arrest someone for vandalism. But if they're just walking around barking at the moon, I mean, there's nowhere for them to go. So really, they just have to move them on and make sure they're not ill, and that's it. it your thoughts on uh, folks who give to panhandlers? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, here in Sacramento, as I said, I'm very near the freeway that cuts through the center of the city. But on the other side of the store, there's a very long road called Broadway. And, I mean, I love Sacramento, and I love Broadway because it's full of about 30 fabulous restaurants. But outside most of the restaurants, there'll be people begging for money. And I do wish people would not give them money because the money is not going to be used to buy themselves food. It's going to be used to get a quick fix. So if you see people outside restaurants, give them some food. They'll probably say no because they really want the money. You know, the police in a lot of areas say the same thing, don't give them money. And when the uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, was the mayor of San Francisco, I know that was a campaign he was into, uh, do not give money to beggars. So I don't know how that, I mean, he's a lefty. He's the compassionate lefty. I don't know how word has not gotten around to everybody. Stop giving money to beggars. Right. Why are you doing that? Right. Beggars are not, quote unquote, the homeless necessary, necessarily. They're beggars. So, uh, Steve, um, uh, how long do you plan on sticking it out? If it gets significantly worse, are you thinking of relocating, or, or are you committed to where you are? Oh, no, I'm committed. I mean, we've been here 19 years, almost as long as you've been on the radio. But um, we have a big store, and we do have lots of compassion, and we know what the problem is now. So we'll stick through it. There's, there's got to be an answer. Boy, you're, you're an optimist. Big... Oh, so... yeah, I'm a total optimist. My big problem is the city's got a bucket load of money to deal with the homeless problem. And um, what they're doing at the moment is such a short-term quick fix. It's not going to work. Right. Well said. Well, we need to stay in touch on this, Stephen. And one final note, uh, Jack and I began our, uh, well, it, it was early in our radio career that we worked in downtown Sacramento, not far from where you are. And uh, and ate breakfast uh, most days there at the Pancake Circus, 
which I think is very near your business, and I'm pretty sure I gained 10 to 15 pounds in a year eating breakfast there. Oh, well, it, it, it's still there, and the pounds can still be put on. Yeah, it's right on the end of the same block. <laughs> Pancakes the size of a manhole. All right, uh, Steve, great to talk to you, uh, and let's stay in touch. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, you got it. How do you how do you get up on the car? You climb up on the bumper. Oh, you climb up on the sure. Crawl across the, the hood. Right. Yeah. It's a very ritual uh, thing he's got going on there because he's got to like start on the top and move down the windshield. I wonder and... if he has any interest in like what model it is or anything like that. Ooh, look at that, a Lexus. I've never pooped on a Lexus before. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe he's like belligerently pro-American cars. All right, all, all Japanese cars. Super uh, patriotic. Yeah. You know. Anyway, that's really not the point of the conversation. Not really. Um, not per se. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Well, and listen, you, you were mentioning that story earlier where there's a, a state park where the bums have taken over and the junkies and, and the guys are like, you know, we can be uh, lenient on some stuff like the littering if you just cooperate a little bit. Why are we... Taxpayers, law-abiding citizens, I don't know. begging for please don't hurt us. Uh, we won't ask much of you. Just you know, keep crapping on the streets and stealing and breaking windows and doing drugs. And it's your park now. Just don't damage it too much. I tell you what, and this is why Trump got elected and why he might get reelected. He says, making about it about Trump slightly. The Ninth Circuit Court with their bizarro reeling. Ruling, rather. I'm sorry, I'm reading and talking at the same time. Their bizarro ruling where you can't boot somebody out of a park unless you can prove the government has provided a bed for them. Right. They're a junkie. They like doing drugs. They have no interest in working like the rest of us. What if three more guys decide to become junkies today? That means the government has to get three more beds? Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, you're letting the junkies and the bums run society. Life, That's not how it works. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is the only thing government's supposed to provide. It, That's right. It didn't guarantee you a place to live. No, they're supposed to protect your liberties, period. And it certainly doesn't guarantee you a place to live in super expensive areas of the country. Wackadoo judges, man. That's at the root of a lot. Yeah. Our text line's 415-295-KFTC. You know what I'd like to do to some of these judges? Like to climb up on their car. I'll give <laughs> you a hint. Where are you parked? All right. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.